with the 2024 election just around the corner, I thought it was important to bring up the true political spectrum and how and why we're being lied to about what that spectrum actually is. Because it is the falsified vision or understanding of these political spectrums that get people around the world to vote for more authoritarian governments. So first, I want to explain that we have both a left and a right, okay? And that when I refer to more liberal-leaning philosophy, I tend to go with leftist ideology. I say the words leftist, right? And leftist can be an actual term that defines someone who prefers more government control, whether it's over certain industries, whether it's over certain forms of governance in general, just, you know, in terms of um, what is provided by the government or the function of government. And then on the right, we find very less government, okay, a lot less government. Actually, the furthest to the right you can go would be considered anarchy. So with that being said, I uh, have, for those of you who are visually here, I will be sharing my screen here to help get a visual of what exactly these left and right paradigms are um, and why they exist. So first off, I wanted to discuss um, this idea of fascism. Before we get into that, I want to talk to you guys quickly about NowSight AI. This is an AI platform that will pick up on your likeness based on your writing style and your business profiles, which you can have multiple, and create captions and posts and even respond to comments and messages on your social media. I've been using this. It has made my life so much more convenient. If you are a personal brand or you are an entrepreneur and you want to be great at marketing and you want to use AI, but you don't want to sound like ChatGPT, this is the service for you, okay? Not only does it create posts and do all this stuff for social media and do it in your likeness, it also will be a website builder using AI. The coolest stuff. You can build your own website and you can do pretty much everything you want like Squarespace. So no more spending hours building a website. You can now use AI to do all of it for you. You don't need to be a web designer or anything. You can make them in minutes, okay? I made mine about 20 minutes or so just because I took my time a little bit and I enjoyed all the different features and the edits I could do. Now, here's the cool part. This is also a lead generator. It's a contact builder. So when you create websites and landing pages, it will generate contacts for you. So people will put their name, email, phone number, whatever it is that you need in order to collect information so you can sell them. It will do this for you. It will collect information. It will give, it will provide you with, you know, leads and a whole list of them just professionally through a website. This is a multiple software use in one business owners. You'll have to check this out. Okay. So just wanted to wrap up with that. Hope you guys check it out. It's in the link in the description below. Click it, take a look. It's $50 a month, okay? But you get all of these features in one. Last thing, for $5 extra a month, you too can become an affiliate. 
and you can sell all the business owners that you know and entrepreneurs and brands that you know that need this kind of website and this kind of software, you can sell it and actually make an income by selling this product to others. So check it out, guys. I'm telling you, it's endlessly awesome. And guess what? They're still kind of a new company. So they're growing and adding features all the time. Get in while it's a low price. This is going to start blowing up, all right? Let's get back to the podcast. Appreciate you tuning in. This is what kind of got me into discussing this in general with some of my you know, roommates and including my girlfriend who was asking me, what is fascism? Because we were watching the movie Oppenheimer and there's this confusion around you know communism and fascism during World War II and how they're at odds against each other in many ways, especially in World War II. And that once that war finished, so did fascism in the literal definition of it. And also the political philosophy itself was destroyed in the Western world for sure. Uh, just given the, the end of the war and how people essentially blamed fascism for the war itself, being that Germany and Italy shared that same political philosophy during World War II. And so given that I was explaining all of this, I realized how important this discussion is, especially around today's day and age where there's a lot of people here who do not understand true left and right paradigms. Uh, they don't see the political spectrum the way that I have understood it over many years. And so this podcast, hopefully, for those of you listening, uh, can make a significant impact on your ability to understand these concepts. So let's start by, first of all, defining left and right. So on the left is more government, as I mentioned earlier, and on the right is less government, as you can see here. So... Let's start. Let's talk about um, what is on the left itself. Okay, when you think of the left, you think of the most significant form of government that is truly authoritarian in nature, right? And that is communism. Okay. Now here, I'm just putting a C to represent communism, just because I can't fit all of the words um, or the full word with all of these. Uh, on the spectrum, just given the amount of room that I have. So communism is the furthest on the left, okay? And when you think of communism, of course, you think of the Soviet Union. Um, today's modern day and age would be North Korea. Uh, you think of, you know, uh, China even, communist Chinese. So what is communism? Communism's form of government is full, complete state control over every single industry and every facet of life. There isn't any true individual liberty, okay? There's not any idea of, you know, private property, private enterprise, business of any kind, and capitalism would be considered the complete opposite of what this is, right? Uh, something else to mention when you think of left. Uh, left can also mean collectivist, okay? The collectivist is somebody who considers the collective in every decision. It's it's about, it's a group think. Um, and I mean that in a sense that you are considering the whole collective in this manner. And so in many ways, it can dupe people to believe that this is the philosophy 
that means the most to people. Um, the philosophy that's like, oh, uh, th this is going to be the one that cares more about others. It is considerate of other people, right? That's kind of what what a collectivist might be, co you know, considering as to why they're collectivists, okay? And I can get into that even more. A lot of people understand this political philosophy who are actually studying political science professionally. They understand what I'm saying. So you have collectivism, which is everything left, okay? That is essentially the way that that philosophy is thought of in a collectivist mindset. Now on the right, you think of individualists, okay? I'm gonna write this down for people. On the right, you have individualists. These are the people who consider the individual. I know that sounds very, it sounds similar, but it, it or, or the same when you think about it, but it's really not, okay? On the right side of the spectrum, when you think of individualism, it is individual rights, individual property, individual pursuit of happiness, if you will, declaration of independence sort of language. The individual is the minority. This is the most important thing that can possibly un be understood. When people cry, minorities, 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 these are the collectivists who believe that they want to represent the minority as a majority and then dictate policy in this manner. Collectivists believe that if a majority rule, they rules on, on an issue or any issue at all, that that, is, that should be governed law. That that, whatever the majority decides, should govern the minority, all of others, right? Now, when you think of minorities, you think of, oh, Hispanics and African-Americans and things. These are the kinds of things you get caught up in. But the minorities that I think of are the individuals. Every single person, right? This also explains why collectivists want everyone to think the same. You see, it's easier to manipulate the public with propaganda into believing your shitty ideas than it is to consider the individual and their rights and their ideas of how they should be governed uh, or, or the things that they as individuals want to pursue, the, ki the kinds of freedoms that they have or that they deserve. Collectivists want you to believe that a majority rules and that we're looking out for everybody's best interest. The fallacy of looking at a collectivism, this is just my opinion, by the way. I'm not trying to be a matter of fact person here. Clearly, this is a personal opinion, but the fallacy in collectivist thought is you believe that you're looking out for everyone involved, but your beliefs are based on, in many cases, a false paradigm, right? So when you find out that, let's just say, media in general is not to be trusted, they lie about a lot of things, they twist the truth, they manipulate, right? If you understand that concept alone, then you wouldn't want to be a collectivist 
because collectivists tend to lean into believing the reality, the matrix, as it exists. And they want the majority of people, they understand that the people in power can manipulate a quote-unquote democracy by just adding in propaganda for them to create understandings around major issues around the world. Look at Ukraine and Russia, Israel, Hamas, right? All these major conflicts, just, just as of late, have a certain spin that warmongering uh, politicians want us in the public to believe, right? And if they can get the majority of people to believe certain things about said issue, let's just say it's war or foreign affairs, then they would get the public to volunteer or even vote in a manner that would uh, promote or to uh, instill this paradigm in other people, right? Because you're going to vote based on what you believe. Well, if you believe something to be true, you're going to vote based on that, right? This is where I think personally collectivism goes wrong. Uh, that's just one reason, okay? So on the very left, you have communism, as I mentioned, full state control, state control over every major industry, okay? So on the right, the very right with the individualists, we'll start here and just tell you that on the right, you've got very significantly, very little government, okay? Which is called anarchy. I'm going to tell you guys what the mainstream political scientists will tell you today, what is on the very right. But let me just start here with what the truth of the matter is. Now, this is a true political spectrum. I, I don't, this is a matter of fact issue. I have my own opinions about the rest of these ideas, but I want to tell you now that what I'm sharing with this left and right political paradigm is the truth, okay? On the very right is anarchy. Now, when you think of anarchy, you think of like an anarchist who's wearing all black and almost like an Antifa type who's rioting and, you know, doing all kinds of God knows what to push a political agenda or uh, to be, I guess you could say, fed up with all pol politics in general or just don't want, doesn't want to be governed and so is protesting it. That's not really what an anarchist is. So th those people would be considered... Uh, many cases, they those are leftists, you know, people who want to look or view government as a matter of changing things and uh, a matter of power. They recognize government state power and they want to manipulate government state power. There's nothing wrong with being uh, in protesting or anything like that. I'm just saying that that's kind of more in the paradigm of dealing with government, right? Anarchists are people who want to be left completely alone. Okay, so a system of anarchy is like, I don't want to be messed with. You do uh, you live and let live, essentially, more or less libertarian, which we'll get to. But these people don't want to do with any government at all. They believe that essentially you could have a moral authority somehow instilled in others uh, without having to govern it or subject people to it. Again, that is up to other people to understand. And a lot of people uh, see this as... Um, anarcho-capitalism because of the way anarchists think they tend to lean obviously extremely capitalist because they're like others de define their own ideas and individuals can garner capital and produce in an economy 
And that is something that anarchy wants to respect is commerce. So in anarchy, there's some level of organization in the commerce department in that kind of area in the economy, but there's extremely little to none in terms of government affairs. Okay. So that's what anarchy is. I'm going to put here a, so that people can kind of see that as where that is anarchy. Very right. So on the very right, you have anarchy because there's no government, no government at all. Okay. So let's go back on the left. What else is there that's communist, but very, very close to communism, you're going to think, oh, it's socialism. Nope. It's fascism. Okay. Fascism is the F in this paradigm. Okay. So fascism is a left ideology. This is re the reason why I even had this entire, uh, operation in the first place as to why I was even explaining it because people believe that I could show you a political spectrum. If you just Google a political spectrum on Google images, you'll see a left and right paradigm. And then you'll see, you know, communism will be on the left, things like that. But on the right, you'll see like libertarianism, conservative, and then you'll see fascism out of nowhere. You'll see fascism is far right. That's what people have, have kind of believed about the right is that if you go far enough right, you're going to get fascism. Now this, I'm going to spend some time on fascism. Okay. To help you all understand fascism, fascism, very closely related to communism, but there is private property and there are corporations or companies that are privately owned. So in fascist governments, which there's only been a few in all of history, so this is sort of a pseudo concept at this point because we don't really think of fascism anymore because it died in World War II. Even though I will give you an example of fascism in a minute, that happens today, okay? Fascism is the combination of corporate and state power. It's similar to communism, but communism is where the government takes full control over like 100% control over industries, whether it's oil or transportation or commerce of all kinds or groceries or products at the grocery store. I mean, every facet of the economy is controlled by the government. So they're controlled by bureaucrats. Fascism is where there is a complete and utter alignment with companies that are privately owned and the government. So it's almost, it, it's kind of a, a superpower, but it's almost two different separate powers because you've got the corporations and they're still privately owned and there is still private ownership in fascism, but it's run by the state, very closely run by the state. So it's, it's communism without taking full control. Okay. And that's why it's to the right of communism. Does that make sense? It is to the right of communism, but it is way over on the left side of the political spectrum. Now, I wanted to discuss with all of you really quickly as to why people believe fascism is a right thing. So first of all, the left has done an amazing job with trying to uh, make fascism on the right because of, well, I'm gonna get into the reasons as to why people think in the left, why it is, 
But they're demonizing it because they look at Hitler, they, th they look at Mussolini from Italy, and they want people to view the right as fascist because it was so demonized. And in our history books, it, it explains World War II so much. I think probably that is the uh, most relevant history that people tend to understand is somewhat about World War II. A lot of political junkies will get into World War II. I mean, I personally know a lot of World War II history, but I'm just saying that for the layman out there, the, the person who's just living a regular life who doesn't really get into politics much, they just think of Hitler as bad, right? I think that the what I'm saying is the culture historically, you know, since after World War II, has demonized Hitler so perfectly, so, so overwhelmingly through movie, through film. I mean, it just has impacted our culture so much that... It's like tar and feather, the concept of fascism, and then they tie that in with Hitler. And then the left, which creates all the propaganda in many cases, uh, I can't say that completely unfairly, but it's mostly true for, but for Hollywood, that is. They took fascism because fascism bad, Hitler bad, right? And that's been ingrained in our culture. And they threw that on the right and said, oh, conservatives are fascist or far right is fascism. That's kind of weird. Why would they say that when the actual political definition of fascism is corporate and state control over various industries? It is a revolving door of corporation and government bureaucratic nature. Okay. Back and forth, right? Where bureaucrats become heads of certain companies and then heads of certain companies go in and become bureaucrats. It's a revolving door, okay? We see this today, as I told you, I would give you an example, in Big Pharma. Big Pharma is absolutely fascist. That is the most fascist part of American politics. Notice Big Pharma around the rest of the world, literally every other country, every other country, Big Pharma has very little control over policy and they cannot implement anything like the wonders they're able to do here in America. It's very, very interesting. So pharmaceutical drug companies have had revolving doors, major uh, heads of Pfizer, Moderna. These are the, obviously we know all about these major pharmaceutical companies now, but these are the largest co pharmaceutical companies. They have the heads of their, their companies, whether it's a CEO or a senior executive level, those people are working for the FDA. They, they work for the FDA and then they go work at Pfizer. And then if some people go from Pfizer to the FDA and some people go from the FDA, they go, they move their way up in the FDA and then they go and they become a board member at uh, Moderna. Do you see how that's a problem? That is fascism in today's day and age. It is the merger of corporate and state power. And then you look at the vaccines that were put out. That is a major form of fascism because the government was implementing mandates on, let's say, employers, and they were, well, employees, I guess, from employer standpoint, they were mandating it to get into various different types of commerce, you know, whether it's a restaurant or whether it's a bar or whether it was, you know, the Costco or whatever. They had vaccine mandates put into place in, you know, various Western countries where you had to show a vaccine passport in order to get in. That is government control implemented through the pharmaceutical company because they had to have you you basically had to have a pharmaceutical product in order to go into an establishment that is fascism 
Okay, that is merging corporate and state power 100%. So anybody think about who is on the side of people saying you need to get vaccinated and you need to be showing your passport at various different establishment of businesses and to go in, into society and go get groceries or go do whatever, right? You know, or go to a concert. Remember that? Remember that? Which side of the political aisle was a fan of this policy? Whether or not they had the vaccine, the left, the left was a fan of it because the left is fascist. Fascism is left because it involves government state power. Okay. So from that point, okay, here's why the left believe fascism is on the right. And I'm going to go over each reason and explain exactly why it is a fallacy. So let's get into it. On the left, uh, what they believe, they are like fascism is on the right. And this is what they say. Number one is authoritarianism and order. They believe that fascism, because it's got a central authority figure of some kind that that deals with law and order, that that is a right-leaning quality or a right-leaning philosophy. What did we just say about the right? There are less and less government. So when you go far to the right, you get anarchy. You don't get fascism. You don't get authoritarianism on the far right. That doesn't make any sense logically. So when this person says, well, fascism is on the right because the right is authoritarian. No, it's not. Communism is authoritarian. One person in charge or government bureaucracies in charge. That is authoritarian. And so right there, number one reason why the left believes it just isn't true. So plain and simple. The right is not authoritarian. The left is authoritarian. They want full control over all aspect of life through government means. That's on the left, not the right. Okay. So that's number one. Number two, because fascism, even though it's only been tried a couple times in history, the concept of it is nationalist and, and has traditional values. They believe that fascism equals nationalism. That's the fallacy that's completely made up. Okay. Just because Hitler and Mussolini called themselves fascists, even though they were Nazi was national socialist. Okay. So because they think of Hitler and Mussolini as fascists, then they also see, well, what, what also was Hitler? See, you're taking the man, not the political philosophy. You think of, well, Hitler was nationalist. He believed in a strong Germany and he believed Germany should be number one. And he should believe, he believed that Germany was, you know, going to be dominant around the world, which again, you know, can be lead to, um, his reasoning for fighting in world war two and actually starting World War II and actually starting a war because he believed that it was their right to grow and that Germany should expand. Again, that's Hitler's philosophy. That really isn't even fascism. Fascism is not nationalist. It doesn't, it doesn't have to equal nationalism. So again, the, the, the demonization of Hitler sticks fascism and Hitler in the same thing because they look at Hitler as fascist. Okay, sure. But he can be fascist and nationalist. They don't have to be the same exact thing. But again, with this government propaganda and the way the schools teach it, it's very confusing because you're like, oh, well, Hitler was nationalist. So therefore, fascism is nationalism. No, 
That is not true. Being a nationalist is just believing in your country and looking for your own country's self-interests. First, you, you put your country first, just like anyone would put their family first above other families. Again, do you care about other families? Do you care about other people? Of course you do. But you have to put your own family first because it's, it's, it's very connected to you. It's very much your kin, right? That's kind of how nationalists believe in their own nation. They believe in their nation state, just like you would your own family. And you would believe that your family goes above others. Like you want others to do well, sure, but your complete self-interest is in your own family. That's what nationalism is. Again, has nothing to do with fascism. Fascism is a political philosophy. So if somebody is nationalist or a government even is saying, we believe in the nation and we believe that our nation should be negotiating on behalf of the nation's interest, that's not fascist, okay? That's nationalist, not fascist. So again, the left believes this and that is why they're wrong, okay? That's number two. Number three is fascism is against communism. So because fascism is going against communism, like, oh, that's, you know, they were at odds with one another. Fascists and communists hate each other, especially during World War II. And funny enough, places like Ukraine and Hungary, everything in Eastern Europe was during World War II, especially there, they were always either protesting against one another Fascists and, and communists were always at odds with one another. They were fighting. They were killing each other. Uh, then, of course, you think of communist Russia versus, you know, fascist Germany, right? Then you're thinking, well, they're at odds. They, they're, they hate each other, man. They must be on complete different sides of the political spectrum. Eh, wrong. They're not on the complete opposite sides of the political spectrum. Communists hate fascists because fascists still believed in private property and private ownership, but they wanted government and corporate power together. Communists hate corporations. They hate capitalism. And in fascist countries, it's a pseudo-capitalism. It's not even full cap. It's not a free market in fascism. It's not a free market. Only the dominant companies. Again, fascism has only been tried a couple of times. So when you think of fascism, you have to go back to Germany, Italy. What, did, what happened in Germany and Italy? All that happened was the consolidation, the monopolization of corporations and various industries. That's all that happened. They took... They took all the competition, they eliminated it, and they merged it into one or two very solid companies. And then the fascist government controlled those companies and worked hand in hand with the owners of those corporations. So, and the reason why is because the fascists believed that as government bureaucrats, they're not going to go in and try to run a company that they don't even know how to run. It's very hard to run a company. You can't just this is why governments in Venezuela, for example, the socialists over there and basically communists like um, Maduro and then before that was Chavez. Chavez getting in control was communist and he took control of all the oil in Venezuela. And where's the fuck is Venezuela's oil? The shit show, right? It's completely degraded. And that's only because the government bureaucrats came in and kicked out the owners of the company. And then the state took full ownership of these major Venezuelan oil companies. This is what happened not too long ago. So when they took it over, they ran and managed it poorly over decades. And guess what? It's not making the same amount of money and it's not providing the state with the income that it desperately needs to feed its people. That's why people are eating the fucking zoo animals and dogs and shit. Okay. So that's what happens when state takes over industries. Fascists was like, oh, 
you're going to just comply with everything we say, but you're going to run your own company because we want you to still have ownership. We want you to be incentivized to run your company, make profits, do all those things. And so that's where communists and fascists disagree. They do not disagree because fascism is way on the right and communism is way on the left. It's crazy to even consider that. Just because fascism is against communism doesn't make it right. And I mean on the right, not correct. I'm just saying on the right. So that's why they think, oh, oh, it's anti-communism. Therefore, it's right. It's on the way right side of the spectrum. And that's why far right is fascist. That's what they say. And that's why it's wrong. Number four, conservative social values. Again, this is not pertaining to the political philosophy or the political function of fascism. This is why it's wrong. Just because the only examples of fascism that we have, Italy, uh, Germany, even Ukraine, parts of Hungary, like there are different countries that were pseudo-fascist or trying to become fascist. And Poland was running a fascist government essentially when uh, Hitler was invading as well, like or during World War II, you can almost say fascism was run in different countries, but not that different countries elected the fascist leader or dictator, whatever how you want to call it. Now, those are the examples we have, very limited. And you look at it and say, oh, well, Hitler believed in family values and he's a fascist. So therefore, family values are fascism. Stupid fucking way to connect the two. You can't just say because somebody is something that everything they do is going to relate back to their political philosophy. It's like saying, um, oh, well, Hitler was Christian. So therefore, Christianity is fascist. Okay, that's weird. It's like, oh, well, you know, Hitler was fascist. So because he was Christian, then that means that he's also that that fascism is Christianity. It, it's like you can't merge the two. It doesn't just because someone is is identifies as a certain political philosophy and then they have an, a religion, it doesn't mean that one or the other is the same thing. You just don't do that. I mean, that's just not logical. So with my rebuttal to this conservative social values, like, oh, they're very against LGBT. So was the rest of the fucking world back then. Don't you get it? We were the most free, awesome country. And yeah, it was weird to be a homosexual back then. Doesn't make people fascist. You see... They want to classify fascism as everything on the right. It's it's insane to think that. You can't just say, oh, Hitler was against um, LGBTQ rights. Dude, that shit didn't even exist then. You have to have historical context to understand. So when you're sitting there believing that crap, you're like, oh, he was also a conservative values and he believed in families. And he believed that, you know, having more kids and and having genetic line that that pure and blah, 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 is that's fascism. And so that is, therefore eugenics is fascist. No. That's not even true either. So again, all in all, the reason why that is wrong is because you just can't lump these two beliefs together just because someone who claims to have a political philosophy is also a believer in said other thing doesn't make them two the same. So number five is a military emphasis. So the left believes that fascists are emphasizing the military. So what happens in today's right? You could say on the right, uh, now on the left and the right, in America, at least, both Democrats and Republicans want more war, period. And the Democrats look at it as humanitarian and we're helping the world and we're the world police force and we're going to go out there and fight every other person's battle and they're going to be, oh, that's a threat on democracy around the world, so we need to be there. It's just the same fucking story. I can't even believe leftists believe in this bullshit. But the left and the right both love war. The right only likes it because it promotes 
these various different companies like Lockheed Martin, Boeing, and Raytheon, and others to make a lot of money through warfare. So they believe it's building up the capitalist country. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Why would our tax dollars going to war, going to protect other borders, make America stronger? Truth of the matter is, it doesn't. So when you think of military emphasis, okay, why are those two lumped in together? So let's say a fascist dictator wants a strong military. Why is that? Well, he was also an expansionist, an expansionist who wants to dominate other nations and who wants to be at war because of his other reasons. There were other reasons to be at war. There were other reasons to build up the military. To build up the military was to actively go out and destroy other countries and take over other countries. Very different from just general, you know, said person who wants to build up the military. Someone's like, oh, we need a national defense. We need to invest in our military. That doesn't make you fascist. Does that make sense? See, you can't have one without the other. And, or, or, I mean, you can have one without the other, I guess is what I'm saying. So like, okay, you can build up a military and we want to have a strong military to protect our borders and to protect the rest of the, whatever. So you're like, okay, that's, that's great. That doesn't make you fascist. Do you see what I mean? Just because... The only examples in history of fascism was also a dominant expansionist empire building lunatic like Hitler that doesn't make fascism inherently, oh, someone who wants to build up the national defense. Those two are not the same. Okay. So when I look at this, I can tell you that there are so many reasons why it is not on the right. This is why leftists believe it's on the right. All of these reasons are just completely wrong. The reason it's on the left is everything that I just said. The merger of corporate and state power, um, the, the idea that you can have, you know, fascists control over various parts of government. Uh, also, fascism eliminates other political parties. So it becomes a dominant government. It becomes a, a, do a dominant political party in every single country that it had kind of garnered power in. Again, that is more of a leftist ideology, authoritarianism. That is on the left, not the right. So anyway, that is kind of how I, I've been able to explain it. And so going back here to the drawing board, we can see that on the left, there's fascism, communism and fascism, very closely aligned. And then you have socialism, okay? Socialism is on the left, of course. It is where not the 100% ownership belongs to the government. It is kind of an overall 50% flat tax. So half of everything productive in society is it belongs to the government. That's what socialists believe. Socialists also believe in robbing the rich and taking control from the rich and giving to the poor, that kind of idea. This is why fascism and um, socialism are able to take power in certain countries because they want to rule by the majority. And so they, what are the majority? The majority are poor. The majority are uh, in, a, in a very low social ladder. So very authoritarian style governments and authoritarian style politicians will garner support from the majority and they will use it as a democratic rule. And then ultimately, once they get power, they never give up that power. Here's the most hilarious thing that I've been witnessing lately. So people are starting to think, okay, there was a, this debate I saw that was like Alex Jones and this leftist named Destiny and then the Krasenstein brothers. Now, any of you who know 
who I'm talking about. The Krasenstein brothers are big on Twitter. They constantly respond to Trump and they're always saying different things about Trump and they're obsessed with the Trump. They're obsessed with like trying to, you know, debate political philosophy. They're leftists and it is crazy to me how wrong they are. But here's not how wrong they are. It's not really that. The biggest thing about them is they're so naive about the government and the, the the willingness of the government to believe in certain things. Like that to me is crazy. Okay. Oh, I'm still on the camera. I'm, I didn't share it with you guys. My, my, uh, um, my little drawing here, but let me do that in a minute because the problem with the left is the naivete. That's what it is. The naivete is at a point where they believe that the people in government somehow are the arbiter of all things justice, all things fair, all things equal. Leftists believe that government, somehow the bureaucrats in government, are pure and are don't have flaws and they just govern with a pure heart. That is the naivete of the left. They believe in this shit. They actually do. So when they think, well, the Supreme Court ruled that blah, blah, blah. It's like, dude, guess what? Government officials can be corrupted. Government officials can be blackmailed. That includes Supreme Court, right? Or let's say, well, Congress decided that blah, blah, blah. So therefore it is, it is just law. And then it is fair. And they are the most just. And Congress decided it. And it's like, gives a fuck. That's where the left gets all fucked up is if it's government approved, then they're like, okay, they just defend it. And that's the beauty of the left. They're so easily manipulated. You know, Glenn, Glenn Greenwald, a, a journalist, very well known, he's a war correspondent. I think he was writing for the Washington Post years ago, maybe for multiple different news outlets. I'm not sure his historical past, very, very intelligent guy. The way that he was explaining this in a debate was that he, he just was, it's like the naivete to believe the way this, these are his words, that the New York Times doesn't work directly with the FBI and creates falsified stories and prints it as complete fall, fallacies. The, the fact that you don't, in the left, they don't believe, they're naive and think, oh, the New York Times printed it. So it's true. And why would they defend the FBI? And they have nothing to do with one another. And it's like, dude, are you fucking stupid? Have you not been around since forever, like George Bush era and like covering up for the war and the, the weapons of mass destruction in Iraq that pulled us into Iraq and that pulled us in Afghanistan with this 9-11 attack and the reason why it was Osama bin Laden. I mean, all of this stuff, this is what has killed Americans, literally brought us into war. And the left is like, well, why would the FBI be working with the news? That's a conflict of interest that would never happen. It's like, dude, are you fucking retarded? Like, it's, it's just the, the, pure ignorance. And I would even say the innocence in many cases of the left is just looks up to the government like, oh, well, that would never happen. And the news said it. And so it's true. And oh my gosh, the Congress voted on it because that's what's righteousness and de democratic rule. It's like, dude, no, Democrat democracies can be corrupted. Why? Because the public can be corrupted. If the public can be corrupted by propaganda through movies, TV, film, and news, then guess what? 
A democracy is corrupt. So I'm not even done here. Um, but as we can see, socialism, okay, we've got this so far, right? Oh, okay. We've got socialism is 50% of what you own belongs to the government and 50% of what you own belongs to you and you get to decide how to use it. Again, how do you have margin in that? Have anybody run a business before? If you were taxed 50% running a business, it's like you're basically in partnership with the government and you can't really do much from there, right? So from here, I would say there is a D, okay? A D for democracy, okay? Democracy is on the left. Now you think, oh, well, democracy is wonderful. Democracy is the best. Democracy is everything. Democracy, democracy, democracy. We live in a democracy. No, we don't. We live in a constitutional republic. That is not a democracy. So with a democracy, the fallacy with a democracy is the fact that the public can be manipulated, as I just mentioned. Democratic rule is majority rules. So if the majority rules that blacks should be slaves, that's a democracy. That's why the Democrats were the slave owners, okay? Because they used the three-fifths compromise to count as their own vote and that they would use slave slaves in their uh, tallies and they would, they would force their slaves to vote for certain policies. Are you kidding me? That is like using humans that you claim to have to be private property, but now you say they're three-fifths of a person, so therefore they can represent you in government, and then you have 200 slaves, so therefore you don't get one vote in a democracy. Now you get, you know, 200-something votes, right? It's just ridiculous. This is why Democrats like democracy, because, oh, well, if, if the majority votes, then, you know, that just is the way it is, even though the 40% that say, no, and the 60% that say yes, it says 40% that say no, they don't get representative, represented. They don't get represented. They don't get the opportunity to resist. Oh, because 60% of the people are manipulated into believing certain dumb shit. So they voted for that. And now the, the minority is not protected. Now the minority who are probably going to be, let's just say you had a Democrat um, or a Democratic vote on whether vaccines should be mandated. And then you have manipulated all the public to be so afraid and all get vaccinated and all this shit. And you spent billions of dollars on manipulation and propaganda. And then you get the majority, just a slight majority, let's say 60% to believe you should be vaccinated. You should be, you shouldn't resist the government. Okay. And then if you got them to vote on whether they should be vaccine mandates, guess what? The majority would have voted that vaccine mandates should be a permanent law in the United States. That's what the majority of people would have voted. How retarded does that sound in hindsight now that we know all the fucking problems of the vaccine? The pro also, the, the, the shit that the ineffectiveness of it, the stupidity of it, the poison, the, the side effects. I mean, just all of this stuff. Who the fuck would actually vote that? Who? A manipulated public. This is why democracies don't work very well. So in the middle, you have what's called a moderate. A moderate, obviously, you know, someone who's genuinely in the middle tends to lean left with maybe social issues and, you know, whether it's like about gay marriage or whatever, you know, like it's like, oh, live and let live, man. Like I'm all good. But they probably lean right when it comes to economic values, conservative values, potentially. Moderates can be a mix. Um, so that's, I would say, just moderates in general. So you, you're either like, if you're not a you're not a Democrat, which is democracy, representative democracy, then you're a moderate, right? 
So then to the right of moderate, I would say is the, uh, you know, I would say is Republicanism. So a Republican because a Republican is not where a democracy rules. It's a representative government, republic, right? A representative government where a majority will vote for a representative. That representative has to be an arbiter of the rest of what who he represents, who or he or she represents. So they can't just, nowadays it's really different. different. Congress didn't used to be like this, but representative government, they used to go and they used to represent a population of people that was segmented for them specifically. And so when you would go there, you would vote based on some of your constituents. The reason why that was more effective is because every every county essentially or district, the you know, congressional district, they had different belief systems. And so one person would represent a collective, and that's why they call that republic or republicanism. So on the right, we have just that. Republicanism. So if you have republicanism, that's kind of what they believe. Now, if you go further to the right, I know this sounds a little bit, you know, confusing, but conservative, okay? If you go further to the right, you have conservative. The reason why conservative is to the right of a Republican is because conservative is more limited in government, always trying to limit government. So whereas a conservative representative versus, let's just say, a Republican um, again, they, they, they're now they're kind of the same, but what I'm telling you is that a conservative would more often than not vote less government. So when a, a conservative is in office, if, if things are not legislated and not passed, or they say no to multiple different laws that are trying to be passed or try to be made, that's probably a good thing for whoever, whoever is conservative. Cause there's conservatives are like less government. Like, I don't want you to vote for more policy and more funding for Ukraine or whatever. They don't believe in more government. So in more oftentimes than not, they're going to side with not voting for more government measures, period. So whereas a Republican just means that you're representing a majority of people or, or your people in your district, 100% of them, not a majority, 100% of them. That doesn't make you conservative all the time. So again, a republic is very different than a democracy. Does that make sense? That's why it's on the right, because it is a form of little bit less government, whereas a democracy is like, well, oh, the public can vote on every single issue, even though the public is not educated on every single issue. If you had people voting on border policy, they have no fucking idea what it is. They just see crying migrants on TV. They would just vote for open borders. Does that make sense? Whereas if you're a representative, in government, it is your job to know about these policies and you know how the ups and downs, you know the cons and the pros about various policy and you have to discern over that. And then you have to think of how, who you represent in your district and what they think. And are you a border district or are you not? Or, you know, there's so many different factors. And that's why Republicanism is a little bit to the right of um, a democracy or it's different than a democracy. So also to the right of that is libertarianism. So I did forget one. Um, it's my handwriting kind of sucks, but that's okay. Uh, the, the iPad's kind of hard to write on, but 
libertarianism essentially is live and let live. Um, very little government. I believe the only government libertarians believe in deal with the economy in some manners or measures just to make sure that there's a free market that's governed properly, but that ultimately you need a lot less government than there actually is. And this is where I kind of, I tend to lean into a lot because of the individual rights aspect of libertarianism, very much, very much true liberals where they believe that they don't care what you do with your body. They don't care who you're fucking. Uh, they don't care what kind of values you have as long as you're not infringing on their rights using government. So a lot of these people, obviously gun owners, uh, they believe in more guns. They believe in things like that, just more liberty. However, my opinion about it would be it's harder to have this type of government when you have national governments around the world who are threatening to your land. Let's just say if it's not your government, because libertarian government would be not much government at all. Well, when you have that, I understand the libertarianism in a sense of there's so much government now that to do away with about 90% of it would do a lot of positive impact to the, the country itself. I, I, I do believe that. And I do respect those opinions about government. I, I would say that that's probably right in many cases. The only problem with it is when you have other governments around the world, let's just say they're a communist or authoritarian like China. If China wants to invade America, you can't just have extremely little government with no standing military. And again, I would love to hear the debate on this from a libertarian's point of view, like, does the government have military? It, and, and, and I don't know, maybe libertarians in some cases believe, well, some government is necessary and that's usually the military and kind of a police force of some kind. And so therefore they can enforce law. Okay, Does that, is that what libertarians believe? Because if that's what they believe, then I would be okay with that. But when you start to get to the point of, well, libertarians like, well, very little government, no government, no military, no police system, none of that. It's like, well, then it's just a little bit more difficult because you have law, but then how do you enforce the law? And then how do you defend against another government that wants to invade your country? It's just kind of hard to, to kind of view in that sense of the word. And again, this is where a lot of founding fathers were like, we don't want a standing army. We don't want to be like England. Uh, they were against having a military. That's why even the branches of the military were not formulated during the Constitution. They weren't even made yet. Uh, they were, in a sense, around because they were fighting the British, but almost like the Continental Army kind of dissolved. So even the military branches themselves were a vote, an act of Congress. I mean, the Air Force, of course, because planes weren't around, but different branches of government only came to be when they become necessary. And now these are large bureaucratic states, the military. Uh, that is. So with that being said, again, I, I, the one I was missing, by the way, is um, liberalism. So towards the middle is liberalism. Okay. There's another L over there on the left, which is liberalism. This is kind of hard in this day and age, but I'm trying to define it for all of you so you can try to understand it better. When you think of liberalism... What comes to mind for me is freedom of speech. You know, you believe in freedom of speech. You believe in 
general liberally uh, liberty for most individuals, if not all individuals. And you are kind of live and let live, but liberals in a sense, I do believe are kind of like Thomas Jefferson. They like, actually Thomas Jefferson is a classical liberal. That would be who that is. In that case, they do believe in forms of government that protect these rights. And that's kind of, you know, I do lean in that direction, like classical liberal, because they believe a government is necessary. Uh, they, they believe also that the government's function is to protect the individual rights. So that's kind of a good thing. And again, some people can argue different, different angles on liberals. And now, under, hor horribly, in my opinion, liberals get a bad rap. You know, liberalism is looked at negatively. And I don't think that's a good thing. Because ultimately, you know, liberalism shouldn't be a negative thing. It should be looked at in a positive way. So I'm going to take a look at my notes here. I'm going to also wrap up very soon. Really help. Really love that. Okay, so... I talked about that debate that I saw between um, Alex Jones, Glenn Greenwald, Destiny. Man, that, that was hilarious to watch. Glenn Greenwald said the just the naivete of the left is is unbelievable. The way that I think it, the issue with, uh, that was brought up at the time was if Trump should be on the ballot. Trump should be on the ballot in the 2024 election. And a Supreme Court deciding one way or another is just a leftist escape outlet to say, oh, well, Supreme Court decides, then whatever. No, have an opinion about something. Don't just look at government as the arbiter of justice, the arbiter of truth, the arbiter of everything good and great. That's the naivete of these liberals. And, and I'm not even say liberals because they're not liberals. Leftists. That is the naivete of leftists. They just believe that if the government decides it, then it's perfect. It's, it's wonderful. It was decided. Like, quit doing that. Have your own opinion. Stand on that opinion. Believe what you're going to believe. Don't sit there and be like, well, that's in the courts to decide. Dude, courts are manipulated. Judges are manipulated. Paid off. You ever heard of the mafia? Have you ever heard of the mafia? I mean, this is an insane thing to believe that that government and judges and congressmen, congresswomen and even juries aren't corruptible. Of course, juries are corruptible. It's a corrupt jury pool. You ever heard of that before? There's all kinds of legal cases around this. So anyway, that was hilarious to watch that debate. Um, yep. Okay. So that is pretty much all for this podcast. I really love and appreciate you guys and uh, hope you enjoyed it and, and hopefully you learned something new. So take that wherever you'd like. Share this everywhere and I'll make some TikToks and some other reels, some more digestible content with this as well. Uh, so for those of you listening to the podcast, super appreciate you. Please subscribe, leave a review, share it with your friends. The podcast version is, is I want it to grow. I want it to expand. But if you want to find me on YouTube, you can as well. Um, that really helps. I haven't really promoted my YouTube a lot, but you can find it in the link below. Subscribe there. Check me out there. Um, other than that, man, love you guys. Have a great rest of your day. Peace.